Hi, this is Tom Lyle, and you're listening to Crusader Chronicles. Read them all! You're listening to Crusader Chronicles episode 37, featuring Amazing Spider-Man number 181 and X-Men number 111 from March 1978. Welcome to the 37th episode of Crusader Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Cristados. Crusader Chronicles is a podcast that will journal the comic book issues read chronologically by the release date from my many comic book collection, either in a digital, in a trade, or from the many long boxes stashed away in my basement. Each episode will provide short recaps and reviews and ratings of the issue or issues for that release date. The goal is to keep me actively reading through my collection and have some fun along the way talking about the comics with my friends. Speaking about my friends, let's see who's here with me this time around. We got Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, a.k.a. Death Probe. Thanks for having me back, my friend. Let me just retell the story of how I became the yard sale artist. Hmm, Um Way back when I was out yard sailing and, and uh, I bought some art. What? You guys don't want to hear a recap of my entire origin? No. With great stories comes great shut the f*** up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll just pass it over to Jason. Go ahead and give it to Jason. Nobody wants to hear my origin story again. <laughs> well, this was much more than an origin story, Jared. This issue gave me a brilliant idea. And right after we're done recording, I'm going to go out to the grave site and see if anybody left, like, a sky striker. He's scared. We'll get that sky striker. No. Well, let's. Uh, there you heard it from Jason, the Weasel Skull Albert. Thanks for joining us, Jason. No problem, Pat. Glad to be here. And we also have Delvin, the Dark Web Williams, with us as well. Hey guys, uh, good to be here. Like to let you guys know. I mean, think it's pretty obvious. The last couple of years, like I'm a pretty intelligent person probably one of the smartest people on the planet, actually. And I'm not quite sure. Like, I'm looking at the three of you, and even though I've seen you guys in person and stuff, I don't really know if it's the real you or not. Mm. It could be impossible. (laughs) I see where this is going. He's referencing our second feature. Yeah, yes. You guys look exactly like the people that I I guess I just won't be able to figure it out. I mean, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. (laughs) Oh, very good. Very good. Very good. Boy, can you guys believe it? 37 episodes. I can't believe it. I know. We're going to be getting 40. I know. Dirty 40. Kind of works. Kind of works. Dirty 40, y'all. You got a few episodes to think about. Good ones. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure out what rhymes with 40. Lordy. (laughs) Shorty. Shorty. It's it's 40, Shorty. (laughs) Ooh, we can all be drinking 40s. 40 ounces. Coke 45. You're going to do that anyway, Pat. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Probably. Probably. That'd be cool if we did. Let's do that. Everybody drinking a 40. Malt liquor. Speaking of bad ideas, is there a Pat's poll list in this episode? (laughs) Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. Speaking about Pat's poll list, Pat's poll list is actually going to get its own show. Can you believe it? What? Yes. 
We've gotten so many good feedback on Pat's pull list. What we're going to do with Pat's pull list is, Devlin, why are you shaking your head? What? No, I, no, <laughs> I have an itchy, itchy you, I thought you loved Pat's pull list. I do. I do love Pat's pull list. We love that it now has its own show. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> this show is now going to be 42 minutes shorter. Yes, which is good because then we'll take those 42 minutes and move it to Pat's pull list to make it a full 42-minute show. I'm well, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But we're going to move Pat's pull list to its own show. So anything that we don't cover here, we'll be covering it with me and many special guests along the way. So Crusader Club members get a chance to be a guest on the show. So I'm excited about that to talk to people. And if you're out there, want to hit me up, you want to be part of Pat's pull list as well, let me know. We'll get the list signed up and we'll get you on the next show. Should so- Jason bother since... He can't be a club member, or should he even bother to reach out to you? Well, that would suck if I couldn't be on Pat's poll list, guys. <laughs> you sound real broken up. <laughs> I know you guys are all chomping at the, We're yeah. chomping at the bit to go on this new show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys are waiting in line, but wait. You guys are going to have to wait now because of how you treated me in the past. Oh, no. Oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> You know what? You guys don't deserve Pat's Yeah, yeah. That's right. You don't deserve Pat's Well, That's right. I'm pulling it from you, and I'm making it my own. <laughs> Somehow we don't have a Pat's pull list, and we still manage to piss Pat off about Pat's pull list. <laughs> so that's what's going to happen. You want to hear Pat's pull list. So after this show is released, Pat's pull list will follow a little later on to get the rest of the story, the rest of the poll, however you want it. Mm. So stay tuned and look forward for that. Pat's pull list. That's full is not part of the show Show. anymore. Yeah. Wow. I know you said. (laughs) It's a sad guitar. Wow. But before we get started with this episode's issue, let's take a quick podcast promo break and we will be right back. Hello, Paul. Hello. I am Dr. Herfenstaffner. Come in. Come in, please. Take a seat. Take a seat. What can I do for you today? I just, I just, I'm, I can't sleep. I, I, I can't focus on anything. The only thing I can think about is like DC events. DC events, as in the comic books. DC events. Yes, yes, the comic book events. Ooh, interesting. Uh, are we we talking things like Crisis on Infinite Earths? Yeah, yeah, totally. That one, yeah. Uh, Infinite Crisis. Yeah, yeah, that one too. Oh. Very, very... Invasion, maybe? Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the, uh, the Genesis? Uh, not so much. No? Oh. Okay, well, I think it's really good if you talk about the things that are troubling you in your life. So, maybe you should do a podcast about this obsession. What, what, what do you call this obsession? What do you think it is? I think you're a unique case. I've not seen anything like this before in my office. I'm going to suggest that you have what we call DCOCD. What? DCOCD? You are obsessive and compulsive about your DC events. I think you should talk it out, get it out of your system via a podcast. I will help you, my friend. We shall do a podcast together about your DCOCD. Oh, okay. When I won't even start? charge you for it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I don't think I can claim you on benefits. <clears throat> yeah, it's good. <laughs> when shall we start? Um, I'll get back to you on that. I'll check my I'll check my timetable. 
Cool. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the first featured comic for this episode. Amazing Spider-Man number 181. The credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics website. Publisher was Marvel. Got a cover date of June 1978. Was on sale date of March 14th, 1978. Cover price is 35 cents. Editor is Marv Wolfman. Writer is Bill Matlow. Penciler, Sal Busema. Anchor is Mike S. <laughs> Letterer is Annette Kawecki and the Color My Bad colorist, Glennis Ween. You can read along with us in reprints in Essential Spider-Man Volume 8 trade paperback or also on Marvel Unlimited. Cover credits go to penciler Gil Kane and inker Frank Giacoa. With that, let's go ahead and get to a cover description from Jared. Happy to do it. Cover girl. The Marvel Comics group banner is red with coffin black letters, and Spidey is still standing like a stalwart pallbearer in his orange corner box. The Amazing Spider-Man logo is yellow letters with red highlights, and it dangles from the fan-favorite cobwebs. The main action shows Spidey, although not in grave danger. (laughs) These graveyard puns do anything for you guys. (laughs) You're you're killing me. You're killing me. (laughs) Oh, Ah, cemetery. Everybody's just dying to get in there. (laughs) All right. The main action shows Spidey, although not in grave danger, he is kneeling before a tombstone in a windy cemetery. The cover is just buried in emotion as a dark storm cloud rolls in, and the floating heads of Lizard, Doctor Doom, Doctor Octopus, and Kingpin seem to mock our tortured web-slinger. A simple cover blurb says, The pain and the power. Pat, you are on the windy wind. Jason, your choice if you want to be the Lizard or Dr. Doom. Delvin, your choice if you want to be Dr. Octopus or the Kingpin. Make those decisions quickly. Three, two, one, go. Suck it, Spidey. Suck it, Web All right. I heard the windy wind. I heard some lizard. Not sure who Delvin was. <laughs> I was looking big and angry. That's how they were looking at her. <laughs> so you just looked angry on the podcast. <laughs> yes, but I conveyed it with with, with a growl. That, well, was, that, was that Doc Ock or the Kingpin's growl? That's all I need to know. Correct. It was. Like, <laughs> <laughs> See, it oh, looks yeah. like Lizard is yelling stuff, so that's why I wanted that. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Back to you, Pat. Well, Jared, thank you for that cover description. I'm sure you were just dying to cover that. <laughs> Good one, Pat. Good one. (laughs) Anyway, let's go ahead and get to some quick cover thoughts. We'll start with Jason. Overall, I really like the cover. It's dramatic. You know, you kind of got the anguished Spidey in the front, in front of the tombstone. You know who the tombstone belongs to, even if you don't see the inscription. You got the heads of the villains glaring down at him. Those look menacing. Except for Kingpin, who looks like he's having a tough poop. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I I like the cover. What did you think, Jared? I agree with you. I think it's very evocative and interesting concept cover. I like the pose. I like the way that Gil Caden used the leaves to convey that windy wind. Odd choice with Doctor Doom. Could have thought of some more Spidey-ish villains to put there instead of him, but... 
Yes, I was thinking Stegra. Let me tell you who the four best villains would have been to put on there. That's bold to have Stegron. Stegron, 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 and Stegron. And Willow the Wisp. (laughs) A little Willow the Wisp. (laughs) But overall, those are my quick thoughts, and I'll let Delvin pontificate on the cover 181. I wasn't crazy about it. Looking at it, it, it's not bad, but there's nothing about it that just screamed out to me that, you know, it was like a super awesome cover that a whole bunch of thought was put into it. I just, eh, on it. What do you think, Pat? I kind of like what Jared said. I liked the wind effect that you can see with the leaves, uh, making it look like it's, you know, a gloomy day here in the graveyard that Peter's at. Yeah, it's different about the four villains that they picked. So kind of interesting. I, you know, I'd wonder why they picked them mm-hmm. a little bit. But over and all, the colors, again, are, I thought were very popping. I liked it. So we'll go with that. So I want to add one thing. We always rate the covers or talk about the covers in the aspect of either would you put it on your wall or if you were a kid looking at it, would you want to pick it up? Mm-hmm. If you're a kid, would you want to really pick this cover up? I think seeing the four villains might be helpful. Mm. But if you're a kid, you may wonder too, whose grave is that? Even though we as adults know, like Jason said. Mm-hmm. Okay. But uh, it, it's still not as actiony and grabby as what we've seen in the past. Yeah. That's drama. True. I want drama. action, not drama. Well, I think with that, let's go ahead and get into the cover ratings. Just as a reminder, we have a five point rating system here, and it's going to be. Five, it tickled your tummy feather. Four, you really liked it. Three, you just liked it. Two, you didn't like it. And one, it ruffled your tummy feathers. Oof. Oof. Mm. Ouch. Mm. Run me the wrong way. Mm -mm. I'm a genie in a bottle, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna rub you the right way. I know it. You the right way. Let's find out what Jelvin, Delvin, let's find out what Jelvin's gonna read. I think me and and Delvin are at the same time. That's Jelvin. (laughs) Jelvin? Yep. Jelvin. Jelvin's going to put it right at a three. Yeah, there was just nothing that really spoke out to me about the cover of that. And wouldn't put it on my wall, but I don't hate it to the point to drop it below a three. Pat? You know, I am going to give it a four. I really liked it. I think the just the, the art design on it is interesting to me. Would I have pulled it? Maybe not, but I just think it's it's well composed. Mm-hmm. I agree. We'll go with Jared. If Musical Genius Joe November were here, trademark. Um, I would give it a 3.5, but we don't do halvesies on the show because we're men. And uh, I'm going to go with you, Pat. I'm going to round it up to a four just because I like the emotion that's captured in it. That gives it the half point bump. Jason? Well, I'm right there with you guys at a four. I think that it's a great layout. I like the use of the villains. Great uh, dramatic pose there with Spidey. Good rendition of the graveyard with the wind effects like you noticed. Like the colors. Got the webs. It's a four. Ooh, Delvin, you're all alone. I wear that hat. It feels just fine, you know. I got I got plenty of space here. Putting my feet up. (laughs) We've all been alone on Three Island before. And and Delvin's our main Spidey guy too. So wow, that's saying something. Holds it to a higher standard. Yeah, yeah. And he brings up a good point too. You know, he's he's right. It might be a tougher sell for ten year old Jason, but I don't know. I like it. I'll stick with the four. Speaking about sticking with it, let's go ahead and get a short synopsis by Delvin. Here we go. While attending a demonstration in radiology, high school student Peter Parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays. Through a miracle of science, Peter soon found that he had gained the spider's powers and had, in effect, 
become a human spider, a Spider-Man. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man and his amazing friends, Iceman and Firestar. amazing friends the title of this book is lazily enough flashback the following is a list of things i'm not going to do i'm not going to ever admit that jared does a half decent impression of christopher walken oh stop it quit all right (laughs) i won't do it it'd be just like admitting water is dry or something (laughs) I, i just i just won't do it nope I'm not going to admit Jason is too wordy on our podcast. (laughs) Truth be told, I throw in a few big words here and there and often pontificate and elucidate on points. I even have three cats roaming around my house at this very minute. Okay, I really don't. I'm allergic, but I'm not going to do it. Nope. I need to ruminate on that comment for a minute. (laughs) Ruminate? What? what, what? I'm I'm not going to admit that Pat has ever beaten me at Agents Under Fire over on on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. To do so, get in the way of my conspiracy theory that Jason feeds him the answers before the podcast and would admit that I'm not an invincible rookie agent. So guess what, folks? Not gonna do it. Lastly, and pertaining to this issue, I'm not going to summarize it. It's a complete recap of anything that's ever happened to Spidey at this point, wrapped around the ridiculous premise of Spider-Man going to Ben Parker's graveyard on anniversary of his death, dressed as Spider-Man, as opposed to going with his freaking aunt and risking literally anyone seeing him in costume. Nah-ga-da. <laughs> You know, you bring up a good point. (laughs) I never actually thought of that part either. (laughs) Maybe you put on your Sunday best, you go get your out, you drive to the cemetery. Yeah. Save it for for the the stuff. Saving it. Saving it. (laughs) Delvin, thank you for that total recall of this episode. I love it. Get your ass to Moss. (laughs) (laughs) It's a total recall. (laughs) And thank you for not saying how many times that I have beaten you. So. One many, like two, three. Yeah, well, you know, hey, I'll take what I can. Delvin, do. I've got <laughs> questions. Jared, I need, I need answers. Stop it! How did you know it was me? <laughs> I can see you. Oh, yeah. oh streamyard. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get to some brick or brack. Let's get to our fun one. Is it a first read or a reread, Pat? It's a first read for me, Pat. Jared. I guess it's a first read, although I feel <laughs> oh, like I've true. read it before. <laughs> that uh, was you, 181. Did you read it 181 before? Yes or no? I don't think I have. I'm going to put it in the first read category and pass it to Jason. First read for me. How about you, Delvin? It is also a first read. Woohoo! 
You know what that means, boys. Take a look. It's in a book. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> we did it! We did it! Oh, I'm so happy when we get rainbows. With that, let's go ahead and get to some high lows or what does. Let's start with Jason. There's an old saying that happiness is reality minus expectations. So after that long arc, I was expecting a filler story, mm. and I got a filler story. And if you're going to do a filler story, there are worse ways to go than to retell the origin and give the readers a recap and a place to jump onto the book. So I'll give that a high filler story, but they went to the old standby and it still works. I'll leave it at that. So sometimes you got to eat the filler, but this was all right, tasty filler. Yeah, this was tasty filler. They knew it was tasty filler. They've served this filler many times before at parties along the way. Nothing really truly uh, original, but still good. Delvin, high, low, or what the? I guess I'll go with the low. We don't know if this was kind of like that issue of Uncanny X-Men, where hmm. Chris Claremont straight, straight up came out and was like, yeah, we kind of beefed it, guys. Sorry. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. But we have hints because at the end of that awesome storyline that we just read with Green Goblin and everything, they're like coming up next, Rocket Racer. <laughs> and then we hey, get hey. this. A Rocket Racer double tease. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if you're going to yeah, ever double tease yeah. any Spidey villain, it's going to be Rocket Racer. I didn't realize that in 180 they mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. It's like, I mean, they had the big splash page at the end, and Peter was like, mm. it's all going to be okay. And they teased Rocket Racer because I think we kind of even joked about it a yeah, little bit. Yeah. Coming into this, I asked Jared, I'm like, like dude, it's Rocket Racer issue, right? And he's like, no, no. I'm like, oh. oh. And then I read it, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of work that went into this one, doing all that recap and all that. Yes. That is for sure. I can't argue that and and won't argue it. I agree with that. But that's my low to start with. Okay. Jared? I guess I'm going to use a what the, and it kind of plays into what Delvin was saying. And, and I just want to know more about the behind the scenes. Did they not have the Rocket Racer issue ready to go, so they just put this out there to buy time? Was there a noticeable spike in readership, perhaps? And so they're like, we got all these new readers. Maybe we should give them a little bit of an onboard moment. I wish I knew. I don't, mm -hmm. but uh, it made me definitely say, what the? And then I noticed, too, I'm like, so it's kind of a filler recap retell. And this looks like it might be some early work from Bill Mantlo, who, you know, he did basically ROM in the end. Like, he is the ROM creator. I don't know that he created the character of ROM, but you know what I'm saying? Like, he yeah. was on that book and made mm -hmm. it better than it ever should have been. Uh, it's a really good book, by the way. I've been reading a lot of ROM. And I'm like, so you've got this super talented writer. Maybe they just kind of threw him this bone. I don't There's just a lot of what this in there to me. I, and I know that's not the world's greatest high level what the round, but that's what I got. And I'll let you take the end of this round. I, I do. I, I do have one thing to add on to that, if I may, because I was thinking the same thing. But if you look at the art in the book, the art is really good. Yeah. Like they have yeah. some incredible layouts and splash pages, which leads me to believe that this couldn't have been just a wonder if it was like thrown together issue. Wonder if it was used, maybe going to use for some other issue or something like a special or a, you know. 
I do know that back in the day, and, and even to some extent today, they used to do what they would call, um, is it desk drawer issues or file cabinet issues? Something like that. I can't remember their exact term at all. Yeah, yeah. It was like off, off the shelf or something. Yeah, they'd have yeah. a one or two issue story arc that just sitting yeah. there waiting for a hiccup to happen in production. They go, okay, get this one out the door then. That could have been what happened here. Hmm. Interesting. And then there's, there's one other thing to consider. It's possible... That is kind of piggybacking off what you said, Jared, that they wanted a jumping on point to introduce the new writer Mm -hmm. who's coming up. Unfortunately, I'll apologize in advance, but I already read next issue. So there's a new writer coming. Maybe that's they just wanted this to kind of be that reset jumping on point where now, you know, in the year of our Lord, Stanley, 2019, (laughs) This would be Amazing Spider-Man Volume 2, Issue 1. Mm-hmm. I see, yeah. yeah. As they're jumping on point. so Or Issue 0, even, mm-hmm. to where they would start that new storyline with the new writer. So maybe that was it. Hmm. I don't know. Mysteries. All right, well, Pat, what do you think about this? I already passed it to you. Oh, once, did you? Right, discussions. Sorry discussion took off. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I interrupted. Pat, please continue. You know, I'll go uh, with a high and I'm going to go with the art as Jason mentioned as well too. I really enjoyed the art in this. Even though it was, you know, some retellings of different times of Peter and Spider-Man's life, it still was really really awesome art in here. The couple big splash pages and that uh, really nice looking art. It's Sal Buscema who is a longtime Spidey artist, very good. This isn't going to help our questions, but Sal Buscema is known as a very fast artist. He can put together layouts and have a book ready in a very short amount of time. So I don't know if that speaks to this issue being filler or whether it's that uh, one that you got in the drawer waiting or not. Not sure. Mm -hmm. Well, still, I think really awesome, really if he did it that fast, that's amazing. The way yeah, this he's, came he's out. Yeah, he's a talented man. He's a talented man. Well, let's go ahead and get into another round. Jason. Well, I just thought it was funny how in the pages where he was introducing the villains, there were the villains like the Green Goblin and the Lizard who had that tragic backstory. They had like their own kind of large panel. Mm-hmm. Said, oh, these are tragic villains and here's why. And then on the next page is like little individual panels. And basically the captions are, these guys are just dead. Yeah, Stegron. Why is he calling it Stegron? Like Stegron did make an appearance in this book, didn't he? Yep. Yes, he did. And Willow the Wisp, and he says, "Well, maybe he's deserving as is kind of being a nicer guy." <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was funny. I like that picture though. That's pretty neat, kind of a layout there too. That was really cool. cool. Delvin, you got high, low, or what the? I kind of put a high in, and we've been talking about the art. And, you know, the layouts and everything. So I'll just kind of put myself in the mind of Sal and say, kind of had to be a fun book for him to draw. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, Agreed. I mean, anybody that was a part of the Spidey universe for the first 180 issues, I'm not going to do the math. What? Well, I can. I think that's 15 years off the top of my head. I mean, that's so he probably had fun drawing this book. So I'll count that as a high. I don't really have many highs or lows left. It's just so weird. Um, So I'd like to trade in my high or low to something we don't normally do on the show, but we do on a long box crusade. 
because there's so much iconic moment artistry in here, I'd like to find out which page you guys would take if you could have a, a page from this comic. Oh, I know nobody's man. really prepared for it, but there's a lot of cool imagery. I'll start by saying I think I would probably want the one where it's half Spidey, half Peter Parker, J. Jonah Jameson, and then oh, okay, the various yeah. battles. I think that's really great. Uh, that might be the game winner for all of us, but anybody uh, ready to have an answer? I, I got one. Go ahead, Pat. I'm going to take the double page spread oh, yeah. of yeah, yeah. with the spider symbol in the middle and then different parts on the outsides of it where it tells Peter becoming Spider-Man. So I like that one as an overall bigger. No, it's great. It's yeah. great. I like the one. Uh, it's kind of a cross between two. I do like description of Amazing Spider-Man 1 where he went to the Fantastic Four. Yes. Mm -hmm. yep. And then the one that kind of had the rogues gallery with Green Goblin and the whole uh, square of his foes. That's a cool one, too. Got yeah, that Stegron. Cool. That's mm -hmm. right. Get that Stegron action. <laughs> Guess that leaves you, Jason. I'm going to take the one. It's two panels. It, the top panel is the death of Captain Stacy and the yeah. bottom oh, panel is too. the death of Gwen Stacy. This is one page that really sums up two seminal moments in spider-man's history and i guess that kind of could and does take the place it does take the place of my high lower what the but i guess in the end it's kind of a high because there's so many really iconic pages it's almost like a collection of iconic pages so mm -hmm. our listeners have just mm -hmm. heard us all pick different stuff and it's all wonderful so i'll just leave it at that i'll leave it to pat all right i'll just finish it up and with i you know i don't know if it's a what the either but now that i'm looking at this again as i've been flipping through it when they get to the point with harry as the goblin on the page that Delvin liked, mm -hmm. they really don't say anything about what just happened in the last few issues. So maybe this was like something that was meant for interesting. You know, good, 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 why good, wouldn't you? Good. Why wouldn't you put that in here? Very after good. After it just happened, I'm starting to lean towards this was a shelfer. Yeah. I, I think we might be on to something, boys. Yeah, they really don't mention anything there. So yeah, and it was a great storyline mm -hmm. that just happened. Yeah, I agree, Pat. Yeah. I agree. And normally, once you see a good, uh, like a, a recap issue coming in, maybe after what, the 50, the 100, you know, 101, mm -hmm. you know, one of the bigger, you know, mm -hmm. ones like that. But yeah. All right. Well, with that, I think, was there a silly Spidey moment in this? Hmm. I have one. <laughs> okay. I, I found it, I kind of, I don't know. Harder for me on this one. But let's go ahead and see what Delvin thought. I, I will allude to it since I mentioned it in the summary. Pete. <laughs> Dude. Like, okay, the most important father figure you've ever had in your life. And you're not going to go to the gravesite with your aunt. Like, I mean, it's not silly spotty funny. It's silly spotty like, dude, you're an idiot. Get over yourself. <laughs> Like, go with your aunt and grieve with her that, you know, the person that she loved more than anything else on this freaking planet is gone. You kind of owe that to her. So I think that's going to be my silly Spidey. Instead of silly Spidey, should be stupid Spidey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Pete sometimes kind of gets caught in his own drama sometimes to his detriment. And in this case, it's almost the entire premise of this book is a little bit silly. Mm -hmm. Like, they wanted to do the recap, and it's just... Ugh, it, yeah. Anyway, Jared, you got one? Go ahead, man. I do. It's on content page three. I actually laughed out loud, but it, it requires connecting two things. In the top right corner, it's part of his origin, and he's at high school, and essentially all the high school kids are like, you're kind of a lame loser, Peter Parker. 
And then a few pages later at the science center on the bottom right, he's leaving. And like all the old man scientists are like, this kid's kind of a loser. (laughs) 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 And I just had to laugh. I was like, the kids in school clown for being a nerd. The Uber nerds are still calling. Uh, That's why I was saying you're a weak sauce when the scientists are getting crazy. They they said he had a weak stomach. Yeah. Like, come on. They're just just mad. I literally laughed out loud. I was like, man, he can't catch a break from any angle. Too weak for my science. (laughs) So that was mine. Sounds like I stole Jason's too. I got a backup. All right. What you got? Does everything do with the microscope? No, it doesn't. I thought it was pretty funny, or at least got me questioning. On page 10, there was a caption that said, between him and, what's her name, Betty Betty Brandt? Was that the? Yeah. It says, you could say they fell in love behind a desk in Jonah's office. <laughs> that was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he was a freak. And I was like, and they even captioned like, issue seven. I'm like going through my back. <laughs> I want to see this hot, hot action in issue yeah, what, seven. What happened in issue seven, man? Cuckoo, <laughs> Mrs. <laughs> oh, that was mine anyway. That was my backup. You took my main one. <laughs> you got anything, Pat? I'm going to go back to your page, and where I laughed out loud is the guy that tells Peter, you stick to your science, son. We'll take the chicks. <laughs> <laughs> it was a dude bro before dude bros were a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Flash and those guys. Even though I think that dude was uh, trying to, he's taking a little bit of Flash's clout because they were like, mm-hmm. oh, Flash is so dreamy. He's like, yeah, Flash is dreamy and he's my friend. Thank me too. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. No. Uh, oh. Well, no fact that guy invented X body spray later on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they gotta smell me coming. <laughs> they're all gonna be around me, like, but they're not really around him. They're no, all around Flash. Flash. Yeah. So there were, yeah, there really were no chuckles, no nothing. Yeah. yeah. No chuckles, no sweetums, nah, no tummy a, feathers. I think we solved the mystery. I think this is an off-the-shelf time buyer for them while they were prepping their next story arc. I hope the story next story arc is good because we will see. It's got a rocket racer. How could it possibly be bad? I know. True. True. I think you answered your own question, Jerry. <laughs> no, it would be even cooler. <laughs> rocket racer, stay ground team up. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, I was just going to say, stay ground on skates. <laughs> like In the blades. summer. Inline skates. Inline <laughs> short skating. shorts on. There's something the world isn't, it's just not ready for. You know, we just get, we can't just like take all of the comic book readers. Mm. And make them read that issue, which oh, they no, would. So, so you gotta save it. That would be so super sweet. Super sweet. Sweet. <laughs> uh, well, I think we said probably enough about this one. So let's go ahead and get into the ratings. Just a reminder: our rating system. It's a one through five. Five is you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers. Four, you really liked it. Three, you just liked it. Two, you didn't like it at all. And one, you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. Jason. One through five. What's it going to be? I'm going to give it a three. Like I said, it's filler. I think you guys are right. I think this is off the shelf, last minute save. But it's still good art, Salby Sema art, and it's a classic story. So I'll say I liked it. It's a three. Delvin? I give it a two. I didn't like it. Of course, I know Spidey's story, but the issue itself was boring. And the premise was not very good. I do not buy that 
Peter, who would remember the anniversary of his uncle's passing, would not go to the graveyard with his aunt. That's silly. That does not make sense. That is not Peter Parker's character at all. So I'm, I'm giving it a two. It was leaning towards a one for me. Ooh. Oh, wow. Jared? I'm going to join you on two Ooh. island. Uh, you guys know I have a rule that if I don't finish a book, it gets a one. And this brushed up against that. There were parts of the book I didn't read just because I know the story. So I yeah. looked at the pretty art and I go, yeah, got it, got it, got it, got mm-hmm. it. And if there's something I didn't quite remember, I'd read that little section and got it, got it. And then I'm like, okay, the true fresh original part is at the end was mm-hmm. I see this mysterious guy in a hat and a trench coat. And I'm like, I honestly thought maybe this is the guy that wanted to buy Aunt May's house. And that's what I thought too. Yep. He's just yep. a great, he's just a grave robber. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that was a little creepy. Like, here you go, son. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Where'd you get it? Never. Don't ask no questions, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's a long way of saying I agree with Delvin. I'm giving it a two. And I guess that leaves you, Pat. We have a house that's divided because I'm going to be a three. I liked it. I liked the recap of it. I really, what really sold me was the art, though. It was really awesome. Well, with that, does anybody have anything else before we go? Nothing that I haven't already told you before, Pat. <clears throat> yeah, no, I, yeah. Oh, hey, I get the joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he beat me too. I said, I think the story's already been done. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure it'll be again and again. It's not the first time we're going to see this. Well, with that, that's going to bring this part to an end of the show. You got a comment or question? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. We will be right back. Night falls on the great halls of Frenzywood. Chris and Jerry read this week's comics with a sense of terror and foreboding. Which books will they enjoy and which will unsettle them with an eerie mood striking into their very souls? They work their way through the rare and mysterious tomes to find those worthy of your attention. A knock comes to the door bringing something strange and otherworldly that no one has ever seen before. It's The Professor Frenzy Show! show. Professor Frenzy, it's a show. Professor Frenzy, show. Professor Frenzy, it's a show. Professor Frenzy, show. If you like indie comics and also like podcasts, please try The Professor Frenzy Show. Find the show in iTunes search and Facebook. Episodes tweeted out on at Professor Frenzy on Twitter. Thank you. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get into the second featured comic for this episode, which is determined by our Crusader Club members. Club members get to vote on this segment using the online poll only available on the Longbox Crusade page at patreon.com. As always, we want to thank our Crusader Club members for voting to help determine the programming for this show. If you want to get in on the voting and all the other amazing benefits of being a Crusader Club member, just head on over to patreon.com and search out Longbox Crusade. There you can join in for as little as $1 per month. Oh, can you believe that? Woo! Man. I got my dollar. Woo! Well, not you, We're saving it. We're saving it. So. Yeah, save it. With that, you can help determine what each episode's second feature will be. And for this episode, the Crusader Club members selected. Oh, it was a tie. Ooh, can you believe it? I can't believe it. A tie again. I know. That's what I can't believe it. So what happens is we decided that it would be X-Men 111. Hells yeah. <laughs> 
So if you don't want it to be a tie anymore, get out there and vote, you club members. Mm-hmm. Or become a club member. Or become a club member, yeah. Dollar a month. If you're like, man, I really wanted Star Wars. I'm a Star Wars guy. You can yep. buy yourself some Star Wars episodes. <laughs> yeah, listen, if you're listening to this right now and you're not a Crusaders Club member, you're like, I really wanted Star Wars. You only have yourself to blame. What yeah. about that dollar? <laughs> As Jason would say, you got to sort yourself out. Sort yourself out. That's right. <laughs> Do the right thing. <laughs> but with that, let's go ahead and get to some credits for this issue. Again, provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics. Publisher was Marvel, got a cover date of June 1978, but its on-sale date was March 21st of 1978. Cover price is $0.35. Cents. Editor was Archie Goodwin. Writer is Chris oh, S. Claremont. Esquire. Esquire! Penciler is John L. Byrne. Can feel you burn. feel it? I feel the burn. Woo, 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 woo. Inker, <laughs> <laughs> Terry Austin. Letter is Tom Orjakowski, and the colorist is Mary Titus. You can read along with us in reprints in Classic X-Men number 17 in 1988, Marvel Masterworks Volume 24 of the Uncanny X-Men, Volume 3, and Essential X-Men number 1, Trade Paperback, and Uncanny X-Men Omnibus Volume 1, and also on Marvel Unlimited. Let's go ahead and get to some cover credits. Penciler is Dave Cockrum, and the inker is Terry Austin. Speaking about the cover, Jared, give us a cover description. I'm always happy to talk about my rock-hard Cockrum appreciation. Mm. <laughs> Hope it doesn't burn. <laughs> Put some sap on it. <laughs> The Marvel Comics group banner is green with black letters, and the usual floating X-Men heads are in the green corner box. The title still has the all-new, all-different descriptor, and that classic X-Men logo is yellow with black highlights. Our main action has Banshee as a carnival barker, pointing to circus posters featuring Storm Colossus, Nightcrawler, and Wolverine as if they are sideshow freaks. Banshee shouts, step right up, ladies and gents. See the strangest show on Earth. Once they were a mighty super team, now they are mere performing freaks. Now, if you ask me, the only carny missing here is Nomad, really, because he reeks of cabbage and has small hands. Get it? Nomad, really? Because he's a character, and the line for the movie is that they're nomads. Reek of cabbage. Mm. Small hands. Cricket sounds. I, yeah, I, got, put the, I, I got that cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Not proud of myself. All right, let's do some carnival noises. Pat, you are on elephant sounds. Jason, you're on calliope music. And Delvin, you're on those clown horn honks. So three, two, one, let's go. I gotta go back to Pat's original <laughs> sound for an elephant. He, he found his groove later, but his first one was way better. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think he was a pimp elephant. <laughs> <laughs> with my peanuts <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness that's it pat back to you buddy oh well thank you for that circus of a synopsis synopsis no. yeah yeah that works <laughs> yeah that works <laughs> let's go ahead and get to some quick cover thoughts jason oh gosh i didn't know i was going first hold on it's in the get script. My script scripts are for wusses <laughs> <laughs> let's see 
one. So here we go. Says I liked it. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> What is a smiley face? <laughs> oh man, I worked hard for that joke. <laughs> well played, sir. Oh no, I did like the cover. I thought I liked the circus banner title for the X Men. I thought that was really cool, and the circus posters of the main characters in the story I thought were neat as well. I thought that Banshee was arcade at first until me I read through the story. That's yeah. the only thing that that kind of threw me off. Exactly. Yeah, I thought the same thing, too. So anyway, I think, Delvin, I think you're up next. I really like this cover. I did think it was arcade, too, uh, just looking at the cover. It's fun. It is a fun, inventive cover. And just like I was kind of lamenting about Spider-Man, if I'm a kid or whatever, and I'm looking at this, I'm like, oh, this is really cool. You know, it looks like the circus. We're having fun. I don't know. Maybe that's just the mood I'm in, but I, I do enjoy it. Or did enjoy the cover. I like it. The art was great, too. Jared. I'm right there with you, dude. The whole theme of Carnival. I did not mention it in my cover description, but it even has like a now playing banner and one week engagement posters. The Carnival Barking outfit. I mean, it has a whole theme. Well laid out. Cockrum does a great job with it. I mean, it's intriguing. It's a wonderful cover. What do you think, Pat? I think you guys have said it all very intriguing. Takes me back to that old circusy kind of postery vibe. And boy, yeah, I really thought this was arcade in there. But and so reading more and more into it, I'm like, well, well, we'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to the insides. Yeah. We'll get to the insides in a little bit. So with that, let's get to some cover ratings. Again, this is a five point rating system. And we're gonna start with five. Is you loved it? It gave you a ring to swing on. Mm-hmm. Four, you really liked it. Three, you liked it, and two, you didn't like it, and one, you hated it. It turned you into a baby. A baby. Just like Magneto. Well, anyway, with that, let's go ahead and see what Delvin thought. What you going to rate it? It was close to a five, and I mean real close. It lands at a four, but I just, I enjoyed it. A great, well-drawn cover, a really fun concept. I enjoyed it a lot. Jared. Right there with you, dude. It's a very, very good cover. Just not the pinnacle of classic X-Men covers, but it's knocking on the door. I'm also at a four. Jason. I'm right there with both of you. I thought that for it to go up on my wall, it would have to have more of the A-list heroes on it. Delvin nailed it right on the It's really clever the way that they've laid it all out. So four for me. And bring us home, Pat. I'm going to agree with you guys as well, too. It's a four all the way around. Open the door. Get on the four. We rates this cover a four. Yes, it's four all the way around. Very good. Very good. Let's go ahead and get to some synopsis by Jason. Well, thank you, Pat. Cyclops, Storm, Banshee, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, Colossus, Children of the Atom, Students of Charles Xavier, Mutants. Feared and hated by the world they have sworn to protect, these are the strangest heroes of all. These are the X-Men. Stanley presents the Uncanny X-Men. Shock! Who's on the 
Today's title is Mind Games. When the X-Men vanish without a trace, it's up to the original X-Man, Hank McCoy, a.k.a. The Beast, to go find them. Beast is able to attract the team to a traveling circus where the X-Men seem to believe they are all part of the act and appear to have forgotten their original lives. When Hank tries to remind them, he's attacked by his erstwhile team and an army of circus toughs. Eventually hunted down and captured, the Beast is brought before the mastermind of this deadly plot, the malevolent Mesmero. While the Beast tries to resist being put under Mesmero's hypnosis, a chained-up Wolverine who has borne witness to the Beast's valiant efforts begins to resist his mind control. Channeling the feral rage of his namesake, Wolverine breaks both the spell and his chains. Once free, he confronts Jean Grey and is able to break Mesmero's hold on her with some, uh, tough love. With Jean's mental powers able to free the rest of the team, the third act explodes into mayhem, action, and revenge as the X-Men unleash their powers against Mesmero and his minions. Just when victory is at hand, however, another player enters the field, Magneto, and he's still carrying a grudge from their last fight. Who will win in this rematch between the students of Xavier and the Master of Magnetism? Is the Beast back with the team for good? Will Cyclops realize that Gene can hear his thought bubbles and that thinking about how bad you're going to get your ass kicked is not overly motivational? All will be revealed. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to die. <laughs> we are not ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, fearless leader. Thank you. Well, you know, he had some problems. Been mind wiped so or whatever. It's been a tough do. week. Yeah. Well, well, thank you, Jason, for that to recap. Let's go ahead and get to some bric-a-brac for this issue. Is it a first read or reread? Jared. First read for me, Pat. What about you? It's a first read for me. Jason? Reread. Sorry, guys. Oh. Delvin. <laughs> for what it's worth, <laughs> which isn't much, it's a first read for me. Oh. Um, sad reading rainbow. rainbow. Yeah. Sad rainbow. Stupid literacy. <laughs> <laughs> Take a look. It's in a book. Reading rainbow. <laughs> reading <laughs> oh well hopefully we get some highs lows or what does out of this one so Jarrett, let's start with you you know way back at the front of this issue delva made a joke which is going to be my low how dumb is the beast <laughs> this guy <laughs> i can tell i'm gonna have to step up and defend the beast yeah. you're gonna have to defend the beast because like, this is one of the smartest guys in the marvel universe mm-hmm. he's like this person looks an awful lot like gene but i don't know if it's gene and that guy looks like cyclops but i don't know if that's cyclops and is that colossus i don't know i know six or seven metal dudes granted it could have been warhawk we learned that like, yes last. he looks just <laughs> like warhawk exactly thank yeah, you that's true the that's <laughs> but I was just like, what? This just did not play well. It made him look stupid, and you should never make the beast look stupid. Well, um, just remember, he, he hasn't actually met these folks. There's no Facebook at this point in time, so he has no idea what they look like. But granted, how many metal people are there, I guess. But And Jean looks different because of her transformation into Phoenix. She looked kind of trashy and hot. Yeah. <laughs> Like Mary uh, Jane. Might as well get that out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can read your thought bubbles, baby. <laughs> anyway, and he did recognize Cyclops. That's what he knew. He was like, oh, hey, wait a minute. That's, All right. that's that. It still played weird, but I guess you're right. Maybe if I had historical context and I, you know, 
fair enough, but I still thought it played weird. But it's your high or low next anyway, so proceed, sir. That was going to be my high. I was glad that Beast was back, and I liked how they stayed with continuity. Like, I haven't worked with these guys. I don't know what they look like. I think this is them, but I'm not sure. And he's not really sure until he sees one of the original team that he was on. So that was going to be my high. So I guess... Ooh, our highs and lows have gone into battle. And what you say makes sense, though. I'm willing to concede. I guess that's mine. I tip my hand early. Darn it. (laughs) Delvin, what do you got? Got to talk about this artwork. The entire time I read the book, this is going to be a repeating refrain as long as John Burns on the book, probably. But the artwork was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I was captivated, really, by... Just looking at the stuff, it was it was just beautiful work throughout. I mean, between Byrne and Austin, they just they killed it. This entire book, just beautiful. Like the splash page at the end. I mean, and since you know we can do reveals here with Magneto. Oh my goodness! Yes, I mean, that a beautiful page. Yeah, I mean, he looked angry and powerful, and just I mean, he looks like somebody that Cyclops might be afraid of that the team isn't ready for. Just a great job with the artwork throughout. Just beautiful stuff. Mm-hmm. Pat, you, you seem like you wanted to say something, man. Oh, I was just going to say, were you saying beautiful art because of the way the ladies were drawn in this one? <laughs> no, I'm just talking art. about overall. Just <laughs> overall stuff. But totally if, agree. But if you think about it, I mean, if you want to just talk about the way that the ladies were drawn, think that he had to draw Storm in a different way. He had to draw Jean Grey in a different mm-hmm. way yep. than they're normally portrayed. And that that's a heck of a lot of talent to where, you know, Jason was saying that Beast might not recognize who Jean Grey was. And that's someone he had been around for years at that point because she was one of the original X-Men as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, did a great job with the ladies, too. So let's pass it to Pat. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I'm just going to double agree with you on the art. And I have a what the. I don't know much about Mesmero. So Me that's neither. kind of my what the. I'm like, well, who's this guy? Because I was expecting it to be arcade or something. So I'm waiting for that reveal to happen. So that kind of really took me off guard here when they had this Mesmero. And I'm like, who is this guy? I think Mesmero goes back to the original team. I'm looking it up right now. I looked it up earlier. Yeah. I just, I just it, got into it, a trance-like state and froze up for a few hours. <laughs> yeah, he, he first appeared at X-Men 49, so that was way back with the original team. I'm not quite as familiar with him, but obviously he has some sort of mental powers that sure. can take over, kind of like Puppet Master without the need to make little puppets. He can just <laughs> <laughs> cut out the middle man. Cut out the middle man on this one. <laughs> Once I saw him, too, I was kind of worried. I'm like, Gene's going to, I got to get ready for my date with the boss. And I'm like, whoa, she's yeah, going that guy. They said they'd been under for a while. Like yeah, a too. I'm weeks. like, whoa, yeah. whoa man, like, what's happening here? Yeah, there might be some B2 stuff going on in here that we need to resolve. I think Mesmero's main power is a powerful hypnotic suggestion. Not quite a telepath. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's his main thing is that hypnotic suggestion. And what they mentioned in the book was that he took ambush Jane Grey basis. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And then he used her power to put the others. Yeah. 
Like he had to get her first. And so it would make sense that Jean Grey would probably have to see him kind of constantly in order for him to keep reinforcing that hypnotic suggestion because she would be the one to break out of it. Mm -hmm. That's just a point. That's a long way to go just to so you can have a circus. (laughs) (laughs) He had a baller circus, though, man. (laughs) He did have a top notch circus. That's true. But yeah, all that for a circus when you got that kind of a power. Yeah, I would agree. Um, yeah, there, there would have been other ways to do it. But of course, they talked about that in the book, too. You know, he's an old foe. And it's like, I wanted you guys humiliated. It was a revenge thing, but not in the I want to kill you sense. It was in the I want to embarrass you. Like you've embarrassed me in my past. And I, so I want to pay you back and I want to embarrass you. Yeah. But are they even going to remember they're embarrassed? When they're being mimed. They sure weren't happy about it when they broke that mind control. They were upset. Let's go get another round here. And we'll start with Jerry. Got a high, low, or what the? I don't have a whole heck of a lot else to say. It was uh, an interesting book. And we've covered everything that I wanted to say. So I will defer my time to someone else. I'll take that time. (laughs) See, again, I think we've seen in this book another kind of evolution of Wolverine. We're really given a demonstration of his willpower. And if mm-hmm. you remember back, those of you who played the Marvel superheroes role-playing game back in the day by TSR. Yes, yes good, good, yes. good. <laughs> you might recall that his greatest attribute actually wasn't any of his fighting or his agility or his strength or even his endurance. It was his psyche. His mental willpower was monstrous. So it is very hard to keep and hold him under a spell. So we got to see him actually demonstrate something more than just his claws in this one. So I like that an awful lot. I want to piggyback off that, Jason. This was one of the first books that I read with Wolverine in it that I didn't think he was an absolute freaking jerk. So I enjoyed that. It was very cool that he saw what happened to Beast and that was enough to start breaking him out of that trance and that he I mean, Wolverine's kind of, he's, he's stronger than the average human, but not like over the top powerful. And for him to break out of those chains like that, I mean, that, that probably hurt like all get out. Yeah. And so he did that and broke out of it and, and was the hero. And then I also like that they did explain, he's like, they sort of started that connection that Wolverine and Phoenix slash Jean Grey has because mm-hmm. he hinted that they're more like then she even realizes I'm talking about that animalistic nature Mm. and yeah, he did smack her, but he explained why he was doing it and not just, you know, some, you know, 1950s nonsense. There was a reason that he did it. And sure enough, she snapped out of it. And he was like, "Uh Oh, (laughs) (laughs) later. He even apologized while he was doing it. I think, yeah, he did. And so but you can hear him. that was the last resort of that. He, he did not want to do it, but he had to. So yeah. I understood why he did that. You and me, baby, we ain't nothing but mammals. <laughs> <laughs> I really like seeing Beast in here. I hope he comes back to the team. I don't know if he does. I'm assuming probably down the road he does. But nice to see how this turns out. Does he come back to the team? Does he not? I'm interested in that. And uh, like Delvin mentioned, the reveal of Magneto was really cool. I'm like, okay, it's going to get good again. Let's see what happens here. They introduced Alpha Flight a little bit back. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that long ago that they had Magneto in the book. 
Nope. Claremont went right back to him. So I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how that ties into what has gone on so far. Because the last time he was in a book, is kind of confusing because they're like, he's a baby. He's a man. Yeah. And then it's like, it's like, what? So it'll be interesting to see him come back. And maybe this is Chris Claremont's opportunity now that he's got burn on the book and some steady artwork and some steady story time mm-hmm. that he can tell a little bit more of the story that he didn't get a chance to tell back then. Well, Delvin, if you had Marvel Unlimited, you could go back and read the <laughs> Defenders issue, which he got turned into a baby. Well, there's that, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real treat, let me tell you. <laughs> well, let's find out who went the extra mile. We're going to start with Jason. Well, I got to go with the Homer, my boy Wolverine. I think he busted out. He rescued Gene, who was able to free the rest of the team. He was the start of the, well, I guess Beast was start of the domino, but Wolverine did the hard work, so I'm giving it to Wolverine. Delvin? I agree with Jason. I was going to find a way to maybe say Beast, but Beast was kind of a dumb dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the beginning doesn't really help him. That good old saying, so smart, you're stupid. I need empirical evidence. Like, dude, like you've seen, the grow up with these folks. You know who they are. You're, you're an Avenger. You got to have a database. I didn't see Jared for two years and he had a slightly different hairdo. And I'm like, (laughs) 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 come on. So, yeah, Wolverine. (laughs) I think I'm going to agree with you guys to it. I want to say Beast, but then I'm going to go with Wolverine as well, too, just because he's the one that got snapped out and got everyone back. Jared. Believe it or not, I'm giving it to the Beast. Oh. For one reason. You just could never give it to Wolverine. (laughs) You never could give it to Wolverine. (laughs) I'm sure Wolverine's going to win some extra miles for me eventually. But Beast took a full-blown, didn't-see-it-coming donkey punch to the back of the head (laughs) by Colossus, and it didn't kill him. So I'm giving it to Beast. I think that curtain absorbed some of the impact. Dude, he straight up got hit by one of the strongest dudes in the Marvel Universe without even seeing it coming to the back of the head. And made he it wasn't alive. even really knocked out either. I mean, he was still—he was still like a, like had his senses. Yeah, yeah I'm like, damn. Tucker. Yeah, he pulled a Chris Tucker. You know, it's like, which one of y'all hit me? <laughs> <laughs> I was all—I was down on the beast the whole book. I was like, this guy is an idiot. And then, like, I was like, dang, he took a full blown punch by Colossus back of the head. Didn't see it coming, and still is okay. You go, beast. You go. So I'm giving it to the beast for <laughs> taking them hits. Not, not, not bad choice. Well, let's go ahead and find out what we're going to rate this book. As a reminder, it's a one through five. Five, it gave you a ring to swing on. And four, you really liked it. Three, you liked it. And two, you didn't like it. And one, it turned you into a baby. You hated it. Magneto baby. Delvin, one through five, what's it going to be? It is a four for me. Very good read. I enjoyed the heck out of it. Nothing else to say about that. I will pass it to Jason. It gets a four from me as well. I think this is where we're going to start seeing the X-Men hit the stride with Claremont writing, Burn doing the interiors, and every once in a while you get, get a good sweet Cockrum cover. So this is a four. Jared. As you guys know, I'm not as one over by the X-Men universe as you two, but I did finish the book, and I didn't have any serious ill feelings towards it, so it's getting a three from me. Huh? Very rough, Jared. I'm, just, I'm a hard win. Yeah, I'm yeah. a hard win in the X universe. But hmm. but three does stand for I liked it. So I did yeah. like it. And I read the whole thing. 
and uh, didn't ever really roll my eyes or get tired or just go, oh, I'm not going to finish this. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to agree with you. I liked it. It didn't really have me going too much. Maybe it was just a situation, kind of a filler episode. Yeah, I, I like everybody else. I like to reveal at the end. I feel yeah. like oh, yeah. a four or a five perhaps coming because Magneto's looking dope at the end. But mm-hmm. Going with the three. So, woo, we're, we're a divided house again. We're two Go cool ahead. guys. Yep. Team two cool guys. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Against team chumps. Two cooler guys. <laughs> two cool, yeah, right. <laughs> two right guys. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to put it out there to the listeners. What team are you on? Team two cool guys or Woo. team two cooler guys? <laughs> So they say. So and by they, the time we get the responses back, we're not going to remember. We never remember which team we were on. Or what I scored this thing. <laughs> was it GL who called us out on that one? He's like, I bet you guys don't remember. Like, yes. oh, no. yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> you don't remember. Uh, nah, he's right. That's all right. Well, I, anybody with me is always two cool guys. Mm, so it's, it's always, always, yeah. always patting somebody. Yep. Because they were cool. Well, give us a chat out there and let us know what you thought you can make a comment on the twitter instagram or facebook page so with that we will be right back okay doing the new promo do not say take the dare do not say take the dare okay go hello darling nice to see you it's me j david weeder the conway twitty of podcasting but please call me dave i host a show called dave's daredevil podcast where i talk about marvel's man without fear and netflix superstar daredevil but i'm here to tell you that things have changed don't worry i've still got more hornhead goodness than you can shake a billy club at and a desperado love for daredevil and episodes of the show still come out each and every sunday but now dave's daredevil podcast is part of the two true freaks podcast network that's right, the show can now be found at twotruefreaks.com, home of Earth's mightiest podcasts. And if you haven't tried the show before, I see the want to in your eyes. So take the time to check out Dave's Daredevil podcast, because sometimes you need a podcaster with a slow hand. Dave's Daredevil podcast, every Sunday at twotruefreaks.com. Take the dare. I have no self-control. Welcome back from the break. Now, let's get to the feedback part of the show where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, and shares in a segment called Crusader Comments. We are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout outs for our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks that have joined our crusade. They enjoy discounts from Jared's online store. Storm in a one-piece... Du- no, no. Two-piece. It's a two-piece. <laughs> oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> the yard sale artist.bigcartel.com. Early access to special long box episodes, voting to determine show content, a quarterly newsletter, and so much more. So these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. Thank you for being a friend. Bill Beer, Lasseter Stashin, Bob Buster, Braxton Underwood, David Collins, Gene Hendricks, Gerald Green, Ivy Collector, Ivor Evans, Joe Thomas, John and Maggie, Jose Poyo, Maxwell Traver, Miranda W., Paul Hicks, Reggie Hancock, Rick of Jeff and Rick Present, Ronald Wint, Ross Michaud, Ryan Daly, Samantha Maney, Sean Urbanski, Steve Cronin, Toronto Cop, and Tim. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. 
please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. As a reminder, you can become a Crusaders Club member by heading over to patreon.com and searching for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Don't have any extra scratch lying around, but still want to help us out here at Longbox Crusade headquarters? Please take a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast. Even if you just want to keep it short with just star ratings, it helps raise the profile of the show, and we will share your review on the next show. We will now move to social media likes, shares, and retweets from Crusader Chronicles, episode 36, from February 1978. We talked about issues Amazing Spider-Man 180, that was a good one, and Star Wars 11. <laughs> I'll kick things off with Aaron Headmoss. Next up, we keep leaving our wallet with this guy, Al Sedano. Gotta get it. Gotta get it. Angelica Fetty Wolf. Anthony Kolowski. Antonio DeLeon. Antonio Tiller. Ben Terrell. Bill Bear. Captain Marvel Shazam. Carlos Muniz. CB Dave. Woohoo, it's my turn, boys. <laughs> you made it. You made it. Big time. This is the big leagues right here. It's Chris at BTO at Bat Books. Let it roll. Show now. Clinton Shalongu. Clinton Robinson. Coffee and Comics. Craig Benark. Danilo Dulay. Daryl Jones. David Briggs. Dave Collins. That wizard's wizard just crazy a crazy old man. Hashtag Battle Wagon. Hashtag Battle Wagon. David Scock. The lovely Deborah Smith. Indeed. Hello. Easy, easy. <laughs> I meant it in a nice way. I, didn't mean I know you meant it in a nice way. <laughs> but if I had said it like that, yes, it jumped all over me. You know what you did. I do know. I have Jonathan Shader Hames in this example. <laughs> Dion Ashton. Doc Strange. Dustin Staub. Fan Film Fridays Podcast. Francesco Venagoli. Gene Gene, the podcasting machine, Hendrix. Grant Carlton. You can't see me, but I'm doing the Carlton. Green Lantern HG. Hal Jordan. Hans Carl. Harlambos Ventus. Helimon Romero. Helmuth Brickasack. Ivan Chudley. James Charles Huntley. Jay Smooth. No, it's not Jay Smooth. No, it's Jay Smooth up in here. <laughs> yes. Jason Lynn. Jean-Pierre Page. Jess Sapita. Jonathan Schaefer Hames. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Julie Jansen. Mm-hmm. She, she knows, knows what, she, what she did. She knows what she did. We all saw it. <laughs> Kevin Howard. Lawrence Shelburne. Michael Sherwood. Michael Shipman. Norman Picado. On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. <laughs> Patrick R. Carey. Show me your O face. It's Philip O. 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 And... Felipe Salise. Randy Denault. Rick Heineken. Rizwan Mahmoud. Robert Kennedy. Robert Myers. Robert Ross. Ross Michaud. Russ Sauer. Ruth Baker Rice. 
the lovely and powerful puncher, Ruth <laughs> Sutherland. Looks like we doubled our Ruth quota, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Daly. Secret Wars and Beyond podcast. Thanks, Sean. Slickster 7. It's fun to say. That's a Stegron name right there. <laughs> Slickster, Slickster 7. seven. Stephen A. Arato. Tim Price, the pod crasher. Come on down, Tim. Woohoo, it's my turn. Boy, this, we fell into this one. Very good. Give me a beat. Where there ain't no packing like the unpacking power of the unpacking power of the power pack pack that don't stop and it don't stop. Word. And I'll bring it home with Zachary Carter. He's gonna feel let down after the power pack met all that, and it's like, yeah, Zach. Looks like we have a comment that came to our website. And this comment is from, well, not a first-time writer, Tim Price, who says, and it's driving some invoice, I should have known my hurry-up land comment would come back to bite me. Hey, wait, that wasn't me. It was some other Tim Price. Or a clone. Yeah, that's the ticket. Now I have to find a smokestack. I keep meaning to give scores on the covers issues, but it's days between listening and writing, and I'm senile. So senile. What was I saying? Oh, right. Spider-Man 180. Yes. Fantastic wrap-up of Hamilton's origin, pulling all the plot threads together. Loved it. And the artwork was excellent. You guys said it all. Couldn't agree more. Star Wars 11. I read the issues up to this one on the Marvel Unlimited app. Hey, Delvin, have you heard of this? It's pretty great. As for this issue, <laughs> pretty great. I really don't have anything to add. Luke's on the cover with the giant serpent, so we should see Luke a lot in the book. Any page now. Any page now. I read it after listening to the show, and wow, you were not exaggerating. Yeesh. Jared, nobody likes a smarty pants, Tim. Also, Jared. Ask up to your question. You're wrong. Tim, slow side eye. Well, that's it. Thanks for the hilarious show, guys. Keep on chronicing. That is not a word. <laughs> what? My scores? <laughs> okay. Amazing Spider-Man 180, cover five, story five. Star Wars number 11, cover three, story two. Later, Ooh. Chuckles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what I did. I Jonathan Schaefer Hames that guy, but I don't know what I did. <laughs> <laughs> Just assume it was something bad. Yeah, I'm sure I did. I'm always picking on Tim, but we love Tim. Yeah, we can't pick because we love. Yeah, and we have a couple of social media comments. Who wants to take them? So uh, I will read the one from uh, Dave Collins at Oban One, also known to some circles as Battle Wagon. So up until yard sale artists invoked Battle Wagon, I was going to go for, but now I am Team Chris. Yes. <laughs> with a five wagon. looks like uh dave's a little bit petty there and i'm here for it i love yep, it i'll take it i'll take it <laughs> i regret nothing battle welcome, wagon. battle wagon welcome to team two cool guys <laughs> let's all jump in the battle wagon, battle wagon. i don't boom. even remember who was with you on the team I don't, <laughs> either. it wasn't jared so yeah jared's out <laughs> i feel like i won i'm gonna say it's me all right, I'll take one here from Rover223 who says, I have number 11. I got it in a two-pack way back in the day. They used to sell two packs of comics for the price of one at Kmart and Woolco. I remember that. Should have got a recall. Yeah. 
Blue light specials <laughs> on those. <laughs> Blue light special on them two packs. Thanks to everyone for the follows, likes, shares, and comments. We appreciate your friendship and your help in spreading the word about this podcast. And that's the show. Be sure to check out the website, longboxcrusaderchronicles.blogspot.com, where the posts are made for journaling this crusade. I want to thank Jared, Jason, and Delvin for joining me this episode. But before we go, let's find out where the listeners can find us on the internet. Jason? You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or Jason Albrecht on Facebook and Instagram. Jared? I'm at Yard Sale Artist. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. Delvin? You can find me at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y one nine seven seven Pat. Thanks, Dylan. And you can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. And if you want to interact with us via live chat and be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles, join us on our next episode of Doing It Livestream over on the YouTube. We do them on the second Sunday of every month, and we always start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you'll get reminder notification for when we go live. Ding! Ring my bell. Ring 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 my my bell. bell. My bell. Ring a ling a ling. Okay. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Crusader Chronicles. You got a comment or question? Email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page at Longbox Crusade. Until next time, take care and please join us for the next episode as we continue on the crusade to read it all. You ask me if I love you and I choke on my reply. I'd rather hurt you honestly than mislead you with a lie. And who am I to judge you? And what you say or do I'm only just beginning To see the real you And sometimes when we touch The honesty's too much And I have to close my eyes And hide Till we both break down and cry I want to hold you Till the fear in me subsides The intro music for Crusader Chronicles is provided by musical genius Joe November Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-M-9-9 You won't regret it All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. Hello, and welcome to the 70s... (laughs) (laughs) The future. (laughs) I was thinking of smack my b***. (laughs) (laughs) That won't make the cut. We are talking about Crusaders Chronicle. Crusaders Chronicles? I'm adding ass where ass. Whatever. Sounds good to Stegron. <laughs> Crusaders. Crusaders. <laughs> just, just take it from the top.